The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Welcome to Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers, a gardening show full of inspiration. I'm Philippa Foes-Lamb, a self-confessed passionate gardener. I've been in the garden industry for many years and I totally enjoy sharing my knowledge with you. Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers is kindly sponsored by Bay Landscapes, 33 Bait Up Road, Richmond. Open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5, Saturday, 9 to 5, and Sundays and public holidays, 9 to 4. Today we're focusing on an update on my tapato plants and mid-summer tasks. At Bay Landscapes, we are moving. In mid-February, we will be at 38 Artillery Place, off Lower Queen Street. Turn at Sandman Road beside the MDF plant, then turn right into Artillery Place and go right to the end. We're very excited to continue to supply all of your landscaping materials, plus our truly fabulous range of veggie bedding plants, perennials and trees and shrubs. In the meantime, you can still visit us quite happily at 33 Bait Up Road, Richmond. Happy New Year again, everybody. I hope you've had a wonderful break with friends and family. And whether you're in Golden Bay or whether Marlborough, Tasman District or the Nelson area, we really have had some fabulous weather. And if you're visiting our, our areas, I hope you're really enjoying yourselves. Well, I hope you've all leapt into the new year with good thoughts, really, this year. Last year, for many of us, I know, was a bit irksome. I have to say, the end of my year didn't turn out quite the way it was meant to. On Boxing Day, I got very COVID-like symptoms. And I've still got a dry cough now, which I'm hoping is not going to interrupt my show. But also, um, yeah, definitely fatigue and quite a lot of the other symptoms. I didn't get a sore throat, though. But interestingly enough... Over the two weeks, I have not tested positive at all. But I know, I know myself that this definitely felt like COVID, even if it was a mild dose of it. So really quite interesting. Needless to say, I didn't get everything done in the garden that I really wanted to get done, partly because it was so hot. Between, I think, must have been Christmas and New Year, it really did get hot. And it's not a very nice time. When you're not feeling very well, having really hot weather like that is just a little bit too intense. The sun was absolutely searing. And I found that I was having to water my tunnel house, where I've got some of my nursery plants, and also my nursery plant area, having to water it twice a day, which I generally don't have to do in summer. Normally, I can get away with doing it in the morning and then doing it the next morning. But obviously that sun is much stronger than it was last year. So needless to say, when I did manage to do a little bit of gardening, I had to chase the shade. And my aim to tidy up the kitchen garden and have it looking absolutely phenomenal, the two rotational beds, I haven't even touched them, which is a little bit depressing. But I will get there. There's plenty of time. The rain we had last week was just so beautiful. I was so ready for it. When it started to rain, I just stood out in it and just went, this is just gorgeous. We had 55 millimetres in total over three days on our property, which is not a lot, but in January, any amount of rain is, a, is just gorgeous, let's face it. And it was good rain too, because the, I think we got, we got probably about 12 mils and then we got 35. So the 12 mils sort of helped to open up the ground and then we had that 35 mils, and it wasn't all in one big dump either. It was sort of overnight and during the following morning. 
And so I know that some of the moisture has sunk in. It was just, oh, just amazing. But I know I say it, and I'll say it again, hot weather, like consistent hot, fine weather, really does have a bad effect on my gardening psyche. I just lose all motivation to do anything. So my motivation is back because I went outside, as, I, um, as I'm recording this, I went outside this morning and the air was crisp and cool and gorgeous and we had a lovely heavy dew. It was just so beautiful. With the rain came quite high humidity. It was humid at work on Bay, at Bay Landscapes on Saturday. And then I got home, and I'm not joking, we must be so sheltered here. It was like walking into it. I got out of the car, and it was like getting into a sauna. I couldn't believe it. I thought that this is the most humid I think I've ever known our property to be. It, it really was gross. There's no other word for it. So with humidity comes mildew. So it's just worth checking, particularly if you've got grapevines anywhere around your property, it's worth checking them for signs of botrytis. It generally, I've got a, a um, green seedless grape, which is beautiful. It grows along one side of our veranda and it's the most divine grape. Unfortunately, generally it gets botrytis and the, the fruit becomes totally inedible. So I tend to try and keep a close eye on the foliage. You can generally <coughs> tell, excuse me, you can generally tell if you're starting to get botrytis because the, you get little, almost like little, and they look a little bit like little bubbles on the, on the leaves. The leaves start to look a little bit sort of spotted and puckered. And if you turn the leaf over, you'll just see a bit of white stuff on the leaf. If you can catch it really early and just remove those leaves and then the weather calms down and we don't get any more humidity, there is a chance that you might be able to rescue your grapes. You can spray as well if you'd like to do that. So what I did want to touch on today, uh, my tomatoes. I wanted to update you on all my tomato plants. My tomatoes that I planted in the glasshouse in October, they've grown so well and they're ripening quite quickly now. I'm thrilled with the varieties I planted. One of the best is the heirloom black from Tula. I've grown black crim most years and this year I thought, oh, I might just try doing this one. And it's got quite an intense smoky flavour. It's really, really yum. And it's a beautiful colour. It doesn't have too many seeds in it. And it's a bit like, it's a definite beefsteak variety. So you can cut one slice and put it on a piece of toast. And it just fits the toast perfectly. Absolutely delicious. And the other lovely thing too is that my Tasty Toms, they're ripening really well. And that's a very firm tomato and deep red with a lovely flavour. Because it's quite a firm tomato, it does have a lot of seeds, like a general moneymaker or something like that but I'm finding that it doesn't tend to weep into your tomato sandwich. So that is a really good medium-sized tomato for sandwiches and also to chop up for salads and things. The Supreme Sweet 100 has definitely lived up to its name. The reason it was called Supreme is it, it resists cracking. So sometimes, particularly if, if watering is a bit erratic or if we have some rain, if, if you've got an outdoor Supreme Sweet 100 or outdoor Sweet 100, quite often the fruit, as if it's almost ripe, it will just crack. The Supreme one is not doing that, and it's got the most exquisite flavour. It is so sweet. And the other one, what's the Oh, the biggest treat of all has been Midnight Feast. This is from Evandale, and I bought it... Um, when did I buy it? I'm just trying to think. I must have got it fairly late. I think I got it in November. And when it started to form fruit, I was absolutely stunned because they are black. The, the fruit actually starts off black. 
And as it ripens, the, they sort of keep their sort of black tinge to the top of them, and then the base goes lovely, lovely and red. And they are delicious. That, I think that's probably the best tasting cherry tomato I've ever grown. I did get some feedback about it, actually. I think I must have mentioned it in one of my last shows, or maybe in one of my written articles, and somebody sent me an email and said that they grew it, but that it had very tough skins. One of the things that can cause tough skins on tomatoes is erratic watering. You need to be quite diligent about your watering, particularly once they start to ripen, because if they dry out, that can also cause tough skins. So, yeah, and I find sometimes too, outdoor tomatoes do tend to have tougher skins than ones that are grown in a small glass house. You're on Fresh FM. This is Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers, sponsored by Bay Landscapes, 33 Bait Up Road, Richmond, until mid-February. Open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5. Saturday winter hours, no, Saturday winter hours, no, 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 no. Open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5. Saturday, 9 till 5. Sunday and public holidays, 9 till 4. Please note, from mid-February, Bay Landscapes will be at 38 Artillery Place, which is off Sandeman Road by the MDF plant in Lower Queen Street. Make a note in your diary. I'm Philippa Foes-Lamb. Today we're focusing on planting for fragrance and more winter tasks. I just want to mention that again because you might have heard me just say um, Bay Landscapes, 33 Bait Up Road, Richmond, until mid-February. Have no fear, Bay Landscapes are not closing. They're moving to the most wonderful site, which is just going to be even better. It's just going to be phenomenal. And we're all very excited about it. So do make a note in your diaries that from mid-February, Bay Landscapes will be at 38 Artillery Place. And that is off Sandeman Road by the MDF plant in Lower Queen Street. At the moment, Bay Landscapes still have plenty of swan plants, just perfect for those monarch butterflies. There are also passion fruit plants and beautiful strawberry plants for just $3 each, which is a real bargain. Also, veggie plants galore. So getting on to my outdoor tomatoes. My outdoor tomatoes are growing really well and setting fruit. They're not ripening yet. I planted them, I'm just trying to think, I, I think I put them out a little bit later than the ones that I planted in the glasshouse. So they were probably put out against that shed in early, early November, I think it was. Maybe late October, I think it might have been late October, early November. They've grown like topsy. It's the first time I've ever grown grafted tomatoes. And I must admit, I sort of looked at them and thought, mm, there seems to be a lot of greenery. And then once, once they've grown about over a metre high or even higher than that, that's when the flowers started. So I haven't got much fruit down the bottom. So I'm, I'm just not sure about them. I'll just see what the fruit is like. The fruit may be absolutely scrumptious and it might be worth it. But I'm, I really wanted to grow grafted tomatoes so that I could just find out for myself exactly how will, how will they grow and what the fruit's like. So I'll keep you updated on that. My other real success story was the beautiful Lebanese cucumbers that I got from Evandale Nurseries. I do grow my own Lebanese cucumbers and I grew some last year. And I remember thinking, oh, the skin's smooth, but it's not that smooth. Well, the ones, the lunchbox Lebanese cucumbers that Evandale um, grow, absolutely gorgeous. The one that I had in the tunnel house, the little glass house, it's just got two on it now, and they're new. They've just turned up in the last week or so. I must have harvested 25 to 30 cucumbers from that one cucumber plant. 
And the lovely thing about them is, particularly when they're young, they taste just like watermelon. They've just got the most incredible flavour. The skin is as smooth as anything, not remotely bitter. Even when they get older, they're not, the skin is not bitter. I highly recommend them. So getting on to some midsummer tasks, there's still time to plant courgettes and cucumbers. You might be thinking, isn't it getting a bit late? But no, cucumbers and courgettes grow very quickly. I planted another cucumber probably three weeks ago in a grow bag and it's already producing fruit, which reminds me, I must go and tie it up. I've got it sitting outside the little glass house um, just because that little glass house gets a little bit hot and I don't have any room in there at the moment because of all the tomatoes. So what I probably will do is I will plant another Lebanese cucumber maybe even as late as mid to late February and I will put that one in the glass house. But you can really have a lot of fun and still still grow things like courgettes and cucumbers. At this, still plant them at this time of the year. I know for a fact that we are going to have Lebanese cucumbers and courgettes available this coming weekend. So, well, I ordered them, so I hope they're going to turn up. But just in case you wanted to try one. The long-range forecast for my area shows not much rain on the horizon for the, for the next wee while, if any. It's a really important, we had that lovely rain, but it's really important no matter what district you're in, just to keep an eye on all your summer veggie crops because the soil will dry out again quite quickly. It can also be a good idea, if you feel your mulch is sort of a little bit thin, it can be a really good idea to top it up. At the moment, mulch is a little bit scarce just because of the time of the year, but it won't be long before Bay Landscapes will have wonderful um, stocks of pea straw again and also we do have some barley straw available at the moment and there is a little bit of sort of like really composted pea straw but yeah it's, it's just getting a little bit thin on the ground so if you really do want to mulch and you can't get any straw even if you just put down some cardboard that is going to help sheep manure pellets will help as well so the other thing I wanted to touch on too is gardening in containers if you're having trouble at this time of the year with things bolting to seed it can be caused by the heat. If, if the containers dry out just too, a little bit too much, just even just a couple of times, when you're growing things like herbs, lettuces, even silver beet, and especially spinach, it's not a good idea to plant spinach at this time of the year, to be honest. I'll touch on that in a minute. But if you are having trouble, it could just be the heat. And being in a container, the heat is far more concentrated, so it is harder to keep on top of that watering. Try mulching on top. Even if you can't put a lot, because obviously if you've got a container and you've got three lettuces, you don't want to put the mulch hard up against the base of the lettuce or it can, it can rot. Even just a tiny amount of straw is going to make a bit of a difference re-holding in the moisture. Again, sheep manure pellets are really good for that. Definitely the sort of spinach, baby spinach that you buy in the shops, it's not a great idea to plant that in your gardens until autumn. That really is an autumn, winter, spring crop. Spinach, except for perpetual spinach, which is like a variety of silver beet, that's fine. But ordinary spinach, it cannot stand the summer. It just doesn't like it at all. It'll bolt within a few days. So it really is not worth buying and planting ordinary spinach at this time of the year. Continue to deadhead your roses and flowering annuals and perennials because this will help to encourage more flowers too. If you're lucky enough to have a water butt with some rainwater, that's something else that's really nice. You can use that on your container plants. And I've also been watering some of my tomato plants with that water and they just love it. Happy gardening, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. 
If you have any questions about anything I covered, email me at nelson at freshfm.net. Green Thumbs and Dirty Fingers is Tuesday morning, 20 to 11. Thanks Bay Landscapes, 33 Baytup Road, Richmond. Open Monday to Friday, 8.30 to 5pm. Saturday, 9 to 5pm. Sunday and public holidays, 9 to 4pm for supporting my show. And thank you for joining me. See you next time. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show. First broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.